This program is for informational purposes only. It is not intended to treat, diagnose, or cure any illness. Please speak with your doctor when starting a new health program. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to Wellness Talk this week. I'm George Batista, your host and wellness advocate. Wellness Talk, as always, is the show that goes over the latest in health and healing and nutrition. We show you how to use supplements to keep you nice and healthy. Hope you guys are having a good day and had a good week. Platinum Nutritionals, as always, is the uh, website you can go to to check out all the articles and check out all our information. And by the way, you guys have been going on there. I see as I look at the analytics, and uh, you guys have been going on there to check out those articles. Got a lot of people going on and reading those articles, so that's that's awesome because that means that you guys are actually, you know, you're really interested in information, really want to get that information and share it, by the way. Share it with uh, friends and family, and let's get this information out there, you know, because uh, we need it these days. Um, also, if you want to help us uh, as far as Patreon, we um, we are supported through Patreon, so if you want to do the $5 level or the $15 level, we welcome you to do that. Any way you, uh, you can support your show, we are absolutely grateful for that. All right, so this week, we're going to talk about, our first article is going to be from Science Daily, and this is consuming a diet with more fi- uh, fish fats, less vegetable oils can reduce migraine headaches. So those of you um, suffering with migraines, this is good news for you. Um, We know migraines could be very debilitating for people. And, um, you know, so hopefully this kind of gives you a little bit of hope as far as things you can do on your end to help uh, with that problem. Then we're going to talk about pumpkin seeds, the antioxidant seeds that combat diabetes, heart disease, and cancer cells. And this is by Rachel Link. Bet you didn't know uh, pumpkin seeds can actually do all this. Well, this is some good science and good study. This is from DrAx.com. And uh, this is also good news for those of you who, you know, on Halloween who um, take your pumpkin seeds out and, you know, may want to uh, snack on those. Well, there's some good science behind actually what they do. So uh, check it out. Then we're going to talk about vitamins that help increase T-cells. So uh, T-cells are white blood cells, and we need an increase of T-cells more than ever. So the the vitamins that help with that, we're going to talk about exactly what you should be on that um, have shown to increase T-cells. And it's actually very simple stuff that I've talked about on this show day in and day out. But at least now we have more proof because there's a lot more studies coming out on this, and this is from Live On Labs. And then I'm going to kind of talk a little bit about um, the critical thinking mindset um, as far as healthcare and why we should really be focusing more on critical thinking. And I'm going to talk a little bit about how I did it and just some, you know, just some advice from this nutrition guy on, um, you know, why we need to be doing more of that these days. So, That's what we got on tap today, Um, so let's get started. First, from Science Daily, 
Consuming a diet with more fish fats, less vegetable oils can reduce migraine headaches, study finds. Now, my mom used to suffer really bad from migraines when I was younger. Uh, and I remember her, she when she would get these really bad debilitating headaches, she would have to be in a room, quiet. She would have to turn off the lights and just lay there. Sometimes, you know, she would take a nap. Or she would lay there just for you know, half hour, 45 minutes or whatever, how long it took just to kind of relax her herself and um, kind of, you know, try to get over it. And it, she suffered from that for many, many years. And I, I was always told, well, you're going to suffer from that too, because it's a genetic problem. And if your mother had it, you know, you had it. Well, that's, that hasn't happened yet to me. So, um, so yeah, so we could just leave that where it is. But Anyway, um, you know, but as a person who grew up seeing this, you know, I have a special place in my heart for people who suffer from migraines. I've actually known many people, uh, and I and to this day I know a lot of people who suffer from debilitating migraines. So now, anyway, this was research done, uh, and this was done out of the National Institutes of a- on Aging and the National Institutes of Alcohol Abuse and Alcoholism, um, a part of the NIH, and it was out of the University of North Carolina. And um, what they found is they did a study of 182 adults with frequent migraines expanded on the team's previous work on the impact of linoleic acid and chronic pain. Now, linoleic acid is a polyunsaturated fatty acid, and it's typically derived from the standard American diet, from corn, from soybeans, and, you know, all these different types of oils, as well as some nuts and seeds. So it's kind of like when you're eating a diet high in these types of oils, you're getting a lot of this linoleic acid. So what they found when they've studied this acid, they found that um, the linoleic acid inflamed migraine-related pain processing tissues and pathways in the trigeminal nerve. Now, the trigeminal nerve is the largest nerve uh, uh, as part of the cranial nerves of the brain. So they found that this nerve was uh, more inflamed and people that had a higher um, higher rates of this linoleic, linoleic acid, okay? So this is what they did. So when the study began, participants averaged more than 16 headaches days per month. Think about that, 16 headache days per month, over five hours of migraine pain per headache day, and a baseline score showing, that they, uh, showing a severe impact on quality of life, which we know that migraines can impact your quality of life. Um. And they found that a diet lower in vegetable oil and higher in fatty fish produced between 30% and 40% reductions in total headache hours per day. That's huge. 30% to 40% reductions in total um, headache hours per day. Now, think about it because... If you know, there are many people that get put on migraine medications, and a lot of those medications are anti seizure medications and things like that. Those are to try to help stop or you know, or reduce migraines. But this is something you're not even on a medication, this is just changing your diet and actually seeing a difference from 30 to 40 percent almost half. That's huge. That's 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 really really good news. And the thing about it is that omega-3s, we know that they have a very big anti-inflammatory effect. 
So, and they do, especially DHA, does cross the blood-brain barrier when it's given in high enough amounts. So, you know, that kind of goes along with the whole thing of you bring down the inflammation, you're lowering the incidence of pain, lowering the incidence of all types of different types of inflammation in your body. And obviously, you know, you're lowering that, those vegetable oils, which create inflammation. I mean, it's really not that difficult of a thing, right? So it's very good news, uh, again, for people because they found that the severity of headaches per day, the headache hours per day was lower and the overall headache days per month were lower also compared to the control group. So this is fantastic news. Now, other things that I've seen uh, in the past of people that I've worked with who suffered from migraines is also a gut problem. <clears throat> a lot of people have a gut problem and because remember, the gut and the brain are connected, right? So if you've got things like dysbiosis, if you've got uh, chronic gut issues, uh, could be from gluten, could, from, could be from a lot of other things, um, that also can contribute to migraine headaches and headaches in general. I found that other things also like coenzyme Q10 and especially magnesium because a lot of people who are um, who suffer from migraines also tend to be magnesium deficient. They have found in many, many studies on that as well. So I found that a good amount of magnesium uh, can help. Also, uh, coenzyme Q10 can help. So again, that is a piece of the overall puzzle. But I think if you put a lot of those things together, plus stress reduction also is going to help as well. But um, good news for migraine sufferers. Next, we're going to talk about pumpkin seeds, the antioxidant seeds that combat diabetes, heart disease, and cancer cells. Again, this is from Rachel Link. Now, those of you who um, save your pumpkin seeds like we do, what we actually do when comes Halloween time, we actually get a pumpkin and we've... In the past, we've carved out a pumpkin. My daughter has carved out her pumpkin and made the pumpkin face and the whole thing. We've actually taken the seeds and we've uh, baked them. We've actually put them in, you know, we put them in the uh, the oven and we've baked them really nice. And then we actually put some, uh, maybe a little bit of seasoning on them. Maybe we'll put some Himalayan salt on it. And we've put them in a big, you know, Tupperware. And I, I've used them for snacks you know, I could be sitting there if I'm just relaxing and hanging out, grab my little Tupperware with pumpkin seeds and just start snacking them. They're really, really delicious. But we've got some good news because they do a lot of cool things. So let's talk about the uh, advantages of having pumpkin seeds. So first of all, let's let's uh, <clears throat> let's see. Did you know that pumpkin seeds were used in many forms of traditional medicine? The pumpkin. Uh, and this is what it's actually called. The, I'm going to see if I can pronounce this correctly. <laughs> the curcubita maxima lin. I have no idea. I guess that's Latin. Is a cultivator, uh, a, cultiv- a cultivar of the squash plant that is thought to originate in North America thousands of years ago. In fact, archaeologists actually found these seeds in certain areas of Mexico that date back to around 7,000 B.C. Now, they've long been prized for both their unique flavor and potent healing properties. So, for example, the the indigenous groups of North America often use them for their gut healing effects as a treatment for parasitic infections and tapeworm symptoms. Meanwhile, 
Aztec groups used them as both a source of nutrition and a ritual offering for religious ceremonies. Bet you didn't know that, huh? Get to learn some uh, interesting things on this show. (laughs) So that's a little bit of history with the pumpkin seeds. Now, pumpkin seeds do contain amino acids. They contain phytosterols. They contain uh, unsaturated fatty uh, acids, phenolic compounds, tocopherols. We know them from vitamin E. Um, And they they contain also valuable minerals. So let's go through some of these. Uh, Number one, um, the pumpkin seed is rich in disease-fighting antioxidants. So they're loaded with antioxidants, okay? We know that antioxidants are compounds that fight free radicals. I talk about them a lot on this show. And they help to protect against oxidative stress. Now, some research also indicates that antioxidants may aid in the prevention of chronic disease. We know like heart disease, cancer, diabetes, autoimmune disorders, and all that type of stuff. Well, pumpkin seeds are have a good amount of antioxidants, so that's fantastic. Number two, they boost heart health. Now, because they're good in electrolytes, such as magnesium, potassium, plus healthy fatty acids, pumpkin seeds and pumpkin seed oil in particular have been shown to boost heart health and reduce the risk of coronary heart disease in several different ways. Fantastic. And actually, they decrease cholesterol levels and even help to lower blood pressure. Look at that. (laughs) Amazing, huh? Number three, they stabilize blood sugar. Those of you who are dealing with blood sugar issues, one of the top pumpkin seed benefits is their ability to regulate blood sugar levels, which is important, obviously, for preventing diabetes. Now, There was a 2011 animal uh, model, and this was out of the Journal of Diabetes and its Complications, and they reported that combining pumpkin seeds with flax not only improved antioxidant status in rats, but also was effective at reducing the risk of diabetes complications. So flax seeds, pumpkin seeds, great combination. Number four, they promote sleep quality, okay? This is something interesting because I didn't know this, so... The seeds are a good source of several nutrients that are associated with better sleep quality, including tryptophan and, again, magnesium. Now, tryptophan is an essential amino acid that plays a role in the production of the feel-good chemicals in the body, including serotonin, melatonin, niacin, and uh, those types of things. So this explains why tryptophan is well-known for its ability to enhance sleep. Well, the pumpkin seeds help to enhance that part of the cycle. Uh, number five, they improve. They help to improve male fertility. Now, some research involving both humans and animals indicates that pumpkin seeds may be a may be especially beneficial for male fertility due to the rich content of phytonutrients, again including the antioxidants, the fatty fatty acids, and the zinc. And they also help to promote prostate health. All right, number six. They help to fight cancer growth. And again, this is from because of the high incidence of antioxidants. But one in vitro uh, research study found that phytoestrogen extracts um, of the pumpkin seeds had anti-cancer properties and could possibly play a role in the prevention and treatment of breast cancer. Cloud is powering tomorrow's transformative missions. Federal agencies are partnering with SAIC to help them meet these critical moments. Where bold moves require confident blueprints. Where you can accelerate transformation through consistency. Where you can innovate forward and never look back. 
SAIC quickly and securely migrates large-scale workloads to the cloud with the confidence you need to assure your mission. Learn more at SAIC.com slash cloud. Fantastic, right? There was a lot of research done also from the that was published in the Food and Research International. And this was you know, talking about diets and pumpkin seeds and having a lower risk of several types of cancer. So good stuff there. And number seven, improved bladder function. So pumpkin seeds have been shown to improve symptoms of benign prostatic hyperplasia, okay, a condition that you know can cause difficulty urinating in men. And not only that, but pumpkin oil may also help to improve other aspects of bladder function. One study showed that it was able to significantly improve symptoms of overactive bladder and correct urinary dysfunction. How about that? So again, pumpkin seeds, they contain all good stuff, healthy fats, protein, magnesium, phosphorus, copper, zinc, iron, all different types of stuff like that. So get your pumpkin seeds, you know, and I would suggest every time you... You, uh, you know, Halloween comes around, go get yourself a pumpkin or a couple of pumpkins or whatever. If you make some pumpkin pie, that's fantastic. Do that. Have fun with the kids. But take those pumpkin seeds and roast them. Or, you know, put them in the oven. Put a little Himalayan salt or whatever seasoning you like. Snack on them, you know, and uh, does some great stuff for you. Next, from Live On Labs, this is vitamins that help increase T-cells. So, we're going to get into the immune system now. Let's talk a little bit about T-cells. A T-cell is a type of white blood cell in your immune system that fights viruses. And it's part of your adaptive immune system, which is constantly you know, evolving and responding to threats and things like that. Again, we're hearing about that a lot these days, but T-cells are critical. Now, there's typically two types of T-cells. You have the killer T-cell, and then you have the helper T-cell. Now, the helper T cell basically kind of coordinates the attack on a pathogen, okay? And then the killer T cell launches on the infected cells and helps to destroy those cells and stops, stops the cells, you know, the virus or whatever it is from proliferating, right? So that's kind of, that's kind of the one-two punch that the T cells have. They're kind of a team, uh, the way they work in your body. Now, your body contains 25 million to 1 billion different T cells. And each is equipped to with a unique receptor that can only fit one antigen, right? So now the helper T cell actually helps the, the T killer cells proliferate. So they actually can help, you know, can help them proliferate all over your body, especially after the first infection has been destroyed. So again, it's kind of a tag team type of situation, but it's very important. Now the thymus gland located between your lungs um, is what helps to make T-cells. Um, and that, that, by the way, that's why it's called T-cell. And this atrophies um, as you get older. So you, you're making, as you get older, you're making fewer T-cells as, as, you know, as you age. So this means that older adults may not be equipped to naturally fend off pathogens, right? We're seeing that now, especially with COVID and even the flu where, you know, the, the older folks are more susceptible, if, especially if they're not really taking care of themselves or if they have a lot of comorbidities um, because their immune system is not working as well as it was 20, 30, 40 years ago. So how do we increase the T-cells? So first, 
First thing we look at is our old buddy, vitamin D. Now, back in 2010, scientists found that T cells require vitamin D to activate. And they found that if they couldn't find the actual vitamin D in your system or couldn't find enough vitamin D, then that prevented them from activating their anti-killing and organizing capabilities. So think about that. If there was two, if you were vitamin D deficient, your T cells are not going to work and they're not going to activate what they need to do. And vitamin D also activates a, um, a compound called cathelicidin, which works along with these T cells that actually kills pathogens. And this is kind of like your built-in antimicrobial, antibacterial, antiviral uh, compound, right? It's, it's almost like your built-in antibiotic, okay? So if you have very low vitamin D, none of this is going on. So, you know, you have to be cognizant of that, okay? Um, now, also vitamin A. Numerous studies indicate that vitamin A support the differentiation of T cells. Researchers found that lack of T cells in vitamin A deficient mice. So they studied these, the, the mice, and because mice, mice tend to be used a lot in these studies because, you know, they're similar to humans as, as they can be as far as in the rodent species. So mice and rats and, the, and those types of things. And so they found when vitamin A was deficient, well, then um, T cells couldn't do what they needed to do and they couldn't differentiate, you know? So that's another thing. Now, vitamin C also increases T cell quantities. High vitamin C supplementation for a year has been shown to increase all lymphocytes, including T cells, again, in mice. Now, the key thing in that is over a year. And the reason why I say that is because People have this tendency of taking vitamin C or vitamin D only when they think there's a problem or only, you know, only when they perceive that they might get sick. And then when, you know, when the sickness is over or whatever the case may be, then they stop taking it. And this is one of the worst things you can do. You want to keep your body, your, your immune system high. You want those T cells to be productive because, because you never know when you're going to be hit with something, Right. It could be, I mean, people get sick in the summer where they don't think they're going to get sick, but yet they could be they could be exposed to whatever. We all saw people get COVID in the summer. They tested positive. Many of them may or may not have had great symptoms, but the point is you can still be exposed to all types of things in the summer, winter, whenever. So this is why you want to keep your immune system up and you want to keep those T cells circulating and as much as possible. Now, also, that's why it's important when you get older, the older you get, the more nutrients you're going to need. So I suggest when you get into older, especially after 40 and 50, that you maintain some kind of regimen, vitamin C, vitamin D, at least those two things. This way, if you're hit with something when you get older, even if it's COVID or whatever it is, then you're in a better position to handle it because you've got those things on board, right? We've talked about it constantly in this system, in this show, but this is this is how it should work. And again, you're seeing it out there every single day, right? You're seeing COVID, you're seeing the flu prey on more vulnerable people because their immune systems are out of whack. So just something to keep in mind as you get older, um, let's take control of your health in that aspect. Now, 
I want to take a second and just talk about critical thinking in health. This is something that we really need a lot more of. Now, so I take a look at myself, for example. My family knows me very well, and they know that I'm a person who does his homework on things. So I don't just accept things at face value. I don't just accept things blindly because everybody else is doing it. Things have to make sense to me. So for example, um, and I, I could, you know, I, t- I talk about it in health, but I could talk about it in finance or, or some of the other. And obviously I'm not talking about, you know, I'm, I'm not going to sit there and do a whole research thing on where we're going to go to dinner. <laughs> you know, I'm not that nuts, but I want I'm talking about more of like big decisions. Perfect example. I, you know, I'm not a believer that I need to pay $1,200 for a cell phone. Now, some people do, and that's fine, you know, but I don't, okay? Because to me, it's a phone. So, um, and and there's, there's a few reasons for that. Number one, because um, I don't want to get on a contract that I can't get out of. <laughs> I just don't like contracts like that. Number two, I don't want to pay more for the phone than it's actually worth by the time I'm done, even if I'm paying $30 a month. Um, and it's just, uh, number three, I don't do that much on my phone to warrant having a brand new $1,200 phone. Remember, I lived in an era where there were no cell phones. Okay, I grew up in the 70s and the 80s, and uh, the only people who had cell phones were were business people or, and they had them in their car and these, these things were as big as books, you know? And so I'm, I'm not of, I, I just don't think that way. So the way we approach things in my house, if we want a new phone, okay. And, and granted, yes, phones, we know phones can kick out and they, you know, they stop working. That's fine. What I do is I look at the phones and I go back two or maybe even three years And I will buy a phone that's maybe two or three years old. That's half the price. And I will pay for it in cash. Now, that's the way I like to do things. Because again, as long as I can, as long as I can talk on the phone, text and get my emails, I'm good. I I really, you know, I'm not a guy who's going to be on all these different things and doing, you know, all these crazy things on the phone. Now, my daughter's a different story. She does a lot of stuff on the phone. But even my daughter with her phone and she's got an iPhone. Not brand, brand new, but it was, it's up there and it was paid for in cash, cash that she earned. She, by the way, she, she bought it herself. So I say that to say this, we need more critical thinking. Now I've worked with many people, including people in my own family when it comes to health. And one of the things, one of the themes that I've realized over the years is people go to the doctor, their doctor, their general practitioner, whatever, and they're dealing with a condition and their doctor will suggest they'll the, the, their doctor will put them on some kind of medication for this or that or they'll suggest whatever procedure for this or that and um they'll come to me and they'll say you know this is what the doctor gave me and this is what the doctor told me and I'm like okay and and I and I'll say um why did they suggest that or why did they put you on that and they go I don't know and I'm like so you didn't ask? And they're like, no. I, And in my brain, I'm like, I don't get it. This is your health. 
This is your body. Okay. You are the one that's going to ultimately live with the consequences and the side effects and whatever, whether it's a drug or whether it's a, um, a procedure or whatever it is. Why wouldn't you ask the questions? Why wouldn't you ask, what is this procedure going to do? What is this drug going to do? What is, what are the side effects? What are the things I might be dealing with? You need to, I, I'm, I'm a strong believer in, again, they talk about it today, informed consent, right? Even though we may not have that these days, but that's advocating for yourself. And people don't do that. People just fall into the herd and they just go along with what everybody else is doing. And I could have done that, right? You guys know my story. I've talked about it on this show. You know, 20, 30 years ago, I was in bad shape, meaning that I had a lot of issues. I had chronic asthmatic bronchitis. I had chronic allergies that were debilitating. I had chronic back pain. I had chronic sinus infections. I had stomach problems from overuse of antibiotics all throughout my childhood. All these things, headaches, all these things were happening. And I went to doctors and I took over the counter medication and no one could help me. No one can tell me why these things were there because at the time I didn't know, right? I just thought these things happened, right? No one can tell me why. No one can tell me how to fix them. They just basically said, well, you need to, you need to take this medication. You need to get this procedure. Matter of fact, when I went to the specialist for my back, And what did he tell me? He said, you don't need surgery, which is good, but you've got severe spinal stenosis. You've got spondylolisthesis. Your back is completely out of whack, but you can manage it with pain medication and you can manage it with physical therapy. I said, okay. When I walked out of there, I said, well, what did I expect? He wasn't going to solve the problem. So what did I do? I went back. I did my research and I said, you know what? I'm going to figure out how to solve this problem myself because I'm not just going to take it for granted that they're going to solve their problems for me. And that's what I did. And it took a while. I had to be comfortable with my discomfort for a while. And little by little, as time went along, I think started to get better, right? All my chronic stuff started to little by little disappear. This, this, wasn't, this wasn't overnight, right? This took a couple of years. Back pain disappeared. No more chronic bronchitis. No more allergies. That was a big one, okay? People ask, how do I get rid of allergies? I did it, okay? I did it. I don't suffer from allergies. I may sneeze here or there, but I don't suffer from severe debilitating allergies like I used to. I don't have gut issues like I used to. I don't have headaches from my gut problems back then, right? So... I had to do this all myself. And then, you know, people look at me like, well, I don't understand how you did that. Because I asked the critical questions. I sat down, I asked the critical questions, and I said, how can I do this? How can I take responsibility? How can I take control? And people have a problem doing that. And it... It's, and again, not every, I, I understand that not everybody's going to do it and not everybody wants to do it because it does require work. I know being healthy requires work. It requires time. It requires research. It requires money you may have to spend on supplements or some kind of therapy or whatever it is. It requires that. Yes, it does require that. I'm not going to lie. But you know what? One of the advantages that folk, you know, the lay person who is listening has that I didn't have 
is a guy like me telling you how I did it, <laughs> you know, or, or, um, how many functional medicine doctors or, or naturopaths or chiropractors or nutritionists that are on YouTube or all over have podcasts all over. There's thousands and thousands of them that tell you, Hey, this is what we did. This is the study. This is, a, I mean, there's thousands of study out there. Okay. So what I'm saying is that we need to ask the critical questions for whatever it is. So what I ask myself when I'm confronted with these types of things, again, it could be health, it could be finance, it could be a cell phone, it could be whatever. As a matter of fact, the only, the only contract, because I don't believe in contracts at all, the only contract that I have is with my car. It's the only thing I'm paying a contract because even my house is paid for. So, but nothing else. I buy everything else outright. My alarm system to my house, I bought that outright. My computers, I bought them outright because I'm willing to wait. You know, I'm not impulsive that I have to get it now, okay? And when I do have the money to get it, I will get it, and I will pay for it in cash. Not that there's anything wrong with credit. I'm just saying that that's the way I like to operate. So, but again, so what I ask myself in these situations, and again, when it comes to health is, you know, does this make sense to me? Does this procedure that you're asking me to do, this medical procedure, does it make sense does this procedure that you're asking my child to undergo, does it make sense in the grand scheme of things? Do the risk, you know, do the, do the benefits outweigh the risks? Okay, what are the side effects? Give me a list of the side effects. I want to know exactly what they are. I want to know how this is going to affect myself and my family. I want to weigh the options. There's nothing wrong with doing that. Okay, we're all responsible for ourselves. If you're going to, if you're going to, leave the government responsible for your finances, forget about it. You'll be waiting forever, okay? Because the government can't even handle their own finances. They're not going to help your finances. If you if you want the government or the National Institutes of Health or the medical industrial complex or whatever to, to fix your health issues, forget about it. You're a number to them. They're not going to fix your health issues. You have to take the responsibility. You have to be informed. And if you decide to undergo that procedure or take that pill or get that shot or whatever it is, that's fine. That is your decision. But at least you could say, I'm making that decision because it makes sense to me. It makes sense to my family. It makes sense to my kids. And, and I'm going to do that. And, and, and do it. Okay. Some people need to do it. It's just like medications. I'm not, you're not, you're not going to convince me that every single person in the world needs to be on some kind of medication, whether it's cholesterol medication or psychiatric medication. You're not going to convince me of that. But there are some people that do need it. And I understand that medication are valuable in many cases and they do save lives, right? You know, thank God for Novocaine, right? <laughs> we need medications in certain instances. If I'm, go- if I'm in a hospital bleeding out and I'm in severe pain, yes, I want medication, <laughs> I want whatever you can give me to save my life. But when you're dealing with chronic health, chronic issues, where where doctors, um, orthodox mainstream doctors, put bandages on things and just tell you, this is what you need to do because this is the standard of care. This is the protocol. This is it. You know, without even thinking about that, you are a different human being than the patient they saw before without even thinking about that you have a different biochemistry, without even thinking about that you have a different immune system, that you've eaten something differently. (laughs) You're a different person. Everybody, this is why I don't recommend one diet for everybody because it doesn't work. 
doesn't work because everybody is different. Everybody's nutritionally different, biochemistry different, immune system different. They're all different. So what I say is think about things. Take a step back, whatever it is. Okay. And again, this could apply to anything. You know, I've, I've even taught my daughter this. Take a step back. Think about does that make sense to me? Is this something that I want for me and my family? Does this make sense, you know, of the thousands of years that human beings have been on this planet and have gotten here with viruses, bacteria, and cancers and funguses and all these things? Does it make sense for me to do that? Do I need to do that? Okay. We're not talking about something that when it comes to survival as far as, you know, a life and death situation. Yes, you absolutely do that. <laughs> I'm talking about a situation where, you know, it's it's a chronic thing where if you have the chance to fix it or deal with it or improve it yourself, should you do that? And do you have the time to do that? And do you want to do that? Because you have to want to do that. So it's called critical thinking. It's analyzing the situation and realizing, is this the right thing for me or not? Okay. Um, that's just my two cents on the whole thing. I think we need more of that these days. If you ask the government, they don't, they don't want you to be critical thinkers. They want you to be, they want you to stand in line and they want you to just march and do whatever it is they tell you to do. And, you know, ask yourself, do you, is, is this what your life is about? Just being told what to do. No leadership over your own life. No leadership over your own family. I don't want to live like that. So I will do everything I possibly can to make informed decisions for myself and my family. And I've been doing that. The whole reason I'm doing this podcast, <laughs> okay, the only reason I've been doing, I've been helping people all around the world, right, when I used to counsel people and, and and that type of thing. The whole reason I did that was because I was a critical thinker. Because I didn't listen to everybody that couldn't help me anyway. So I had to do it myself and kind of realize, yeah, you know what? The body does run on vitamins, minerals, amino acids, fatty acids. And if I, you know, if I bring those up to a good point in my health, maybe these things will disappear. Maybe I have, I mean, what do I have to lose? Everything else hasn't helped me. So that's what I did. I increased my vitamins, my minerals, my amino acids, my fatty acids. I made sure that I I worked out and I got myself healthy and I made sure I decreased my stress and I and I meditated and I did all these things and lo and behold, everything started to fizzle away. So you guys can do it. Okay? You can do it. You have to take charge of everything. And I, again, I'm not saying don't go see your doctor or anything like that. I'm saying do what you can on your end. Meet the doctor 50-50. Okay. You get to 50%. Doctor will get to 50%. I guarantee you, I guarantee you, um, they'll actually be, they'll actually, you know, help. You know, they'll, they'll like the fact that you did that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's, that's one less patient they may have to see next time, or they may not have to see you you know, every three months, maybe every six months or every year because you're doing the right things. So just some things to think about. That's my rant for today. Anyway, hope you guys uh, having a good week and uh, hope you uh, stay healthy. Don't forget to take control of your health. See you next time.